you know, as a faith family, we've been walking through a sermon series on Sunday mornings entitled Vintage Christmas. We've been looking at Old Testament scriptures and seeing how they point forward to the new. Well, one of the components of the sermon series is we've had opportunities to hear from some of our more vintage staff members about their favorite Christmas memories. So I'd like to call upon Rick Callahan, who is not seated there. There he is. <laughs> the hearts sang for him. I was like, oh, no, he didn't do this to me, did he? <laughs> I love it. Rick Callahan. Rick, how long have you been in ministry? 37 years. Wow. Golly. Longer than I've been alive. Oh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah. When you were a baby, we had cradle roll. <laughs> and I have no idea what that yeah, means. Yeah, it's actually, I'm not going to try to explain it. <laughs> Rick, share with us, what is your oldest Christmas memory? Let's see. Uh, when I was uh, about nine or ten years old, uh, I, by the way, I have a little sister, and um uh, so we were getting these cool gifts for Christmas. So we got up early Christmas morning, and what I had asked for was a drum set, a set of drums, a cool set of drums, and I picked it out of the JCPenney catalog. You don't know what that is either. <laughs> and so um, anyway, so I, we got up. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning, and we, we went into the den, and there were our presents. I mean, there was my set of drums, man. It was so cool. had the little blue sparkles in it and everything, and it was nice. And, man, I was, I was so excited. My parents... They still weren't awake, but at, once I started playing drums, guess what? They yeah. woke up. And uh, so my sister, though, she got this, she got this doll. It was kind of an odd doll. It's about this tall, and uh, it would walk. It had a battery in it, and it would walk. It would walk kind of like a robot, but it would walk. And so I'm playing my drums, having a good time, and I'm watching that doll, and I'm thinking, hey, that's pretty cool. I wonder how that thing works. And so uh, sister had been playing with, playing with the doll. I'm playing drums. And so she finished playing with the doll, went to something else. I finished my drums. I went over, I picked up the doll, and uh, just checking it out, you know. And I dropped it by accident. And uh, when I did, the head fell off. <laughs> it rolled across the floor. And my sister saw it. She screamed, and before I knew it, she ran over to my drums and kicked a hole through my bass drum. <laughs> My set of drums, I just got kicked a hole right through it. Didn't even ask me, didn't check up or anything. She was kind of that way. And so, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what just happened? Right. So she's screaming and crying. I'm screaming. Parents get up. They come in and they're trying to work things out. And finally we got things settled down. And dad pulled me over next to him on the couch and said, son, there's a lesson to be learned here. Boys should never play with dolls. <laughs> So, I mean, to this day, I mean, I mean, I never had a Hulk Hogan doll. I never had a G.I. Joe. I didn't care about dolls. And, and my girls had Barbies. I didn't even play Barbies with them. I was like, stay away from dolls. Oh, man, that's so great. Okay, so what is... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that story. Uh, okay, so what is your favorite Christmas memory? Favorite memory... Um, I was probably 16 or 17 years old, and we always had our big family Christmas at my grandparents' house. I love my two grandparents, my, my granddaddy and grandmother. Uh, they were heroes to me. And so, uh, you know, we were sitting there, and we all were sharing Christmas presents and all. And my grandfather went and got a box out of another room, and, and he brought in a Bible for everybody in there. And he, sa he said this as he gave the Bible. So he said, I know that all of you are Christians. He said, and I know you all have Bibles, but you don't have one from me. Hmm. And he wanted to give us the Word of God. Hmm. 
And so my grandfather gave that to all of us. And normally we recited the Christmas story from Luke 2. But on that particular day, we opened our Bibles and we all read from the King James Version, Luke 2, the Christmas story. It's a very special memory for our family. Oh, that's so good. Church family, God's design is for the church and the family to hold hands. We work together to raise our children to follow Jesus and to love Jesus. And as a dad, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. And the investment you pour into my children, helping them to love and follow Jesus. And church family, we are blessed to have um, God's man to come and lead that area of ministry. And we are better and healthier as a church because of you. And I praise God for you. you. Church family, can we thank Rick Callahan? Love you, my friend. Grateful for you. Love you, man. Sweet moments. I love Christmas time. You know, for me, it was one of the most fearful and joyful moments of my life. It was a moment full of exhilaration and exhaustion. For me, it was the moment in which I got to meet my two adopted sons in Ethiopia and my little girl in China. In 2010, Christy and I traveled over to Ethiopia. We got to meet our two sons, Adoniram and Asa, for the first time. And 13 months ago, we were in China, and we got to meet Ann for the first time. And I remember just sitting on the floor and weeping with tears flowing down my face as I held these precious children in my arms. You see, it was amazing to me that finally God had allowed Christy and I to go and welcome these young children into our families. We traveled a long way to go and be with them so that we might be able to bring them home with us forever. Well, that is a picture of what Christmas is all about. God sent his son Jesus to us to be with us so that we can be with him forever. That is the point that Isaiah is making in Isaiah chapter 7. Let me show you. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me real quickly to Isaiah chapter 7. Or as we're going through this sermon series, Vintage Christmas, we've been looking at these Old Testament stories and seeing how they point forward to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Several weeks ago, we looked at Genesis chapter 12, where God called upon Abraham, tapped him on the shoulder, and says, Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. We fast forward to the New Testament and see that Jesus is the blessing of Abraham, who indeed is the blessing for all nations. We saw several weeks ago in Micah chapter 5 where God promised a ruler, a king who would rise up, who would be born, not in Rome, not in Athens, not in Alexandria, but in Bethlehem. We fast forward to the New Testament and we see that Jesus is that baby, that king, that ruler who was born in Bethlehem. Last week, we looked at the entire book of Ruth and how God had a plan in which he was seeking to raise up a kinsman redeemer, someone from the family who would redeem those who belong to the family of God. We see through the line of David, God raises up Jesus, the greatest kinsman redeemer who redeems mankind through his shed blood. But then we get to Isaiah chapter 7 and we're introduced to King Ahaz. King Ahaz is king of Judah. He's leading fairly well, but then he gets panicked. He gets fear because his enemies are rising up against him. He's not sure how he's going to respond, and he is literally quaking in fear of his enemies. So God sends Isaiah the prophet to the king and says, listen, you don't need to fear. You don't need to worry. This this army is not going to rise up and come against you. 
but I'm going to do something better. I'm going to give you a sign. I just want you to ask for it. But I, the king Ahaz says, no, I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. I'm not going to ask you for a sign. But the Lord says, well, guess what? I'm going to give you one anyways. And in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the scripture says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now, this is a shocking declaration for so many different reasons. Let me give you two quick ones. The first is this. Virgins don't have babies. Now, I know we've got young ears in the room here this morning, so I'm going to leave it right there. But parents, I think you're picking up what I'm putting down here. Like, this is a crazy statement that this virgin would have a son. But notice something even greater, even more significant than that. It's the last word right there in the verse, Emmanuel. It means God with us. What a thought that the God of all creation, the one who spoke the galaxies into place, the one who knows every star and calls them each by name, the one who is providentially sovereign over every situation throughout human history, the one who knows the number of hairs on your head, the one who knows your number of days before you know them, the one who knows your words before you speak them, that amazing God who is big and majestic and powerful comes and is born as a baby in Bethlehem. He is God with us. God is not some deity out in the clouds, disinterested or disengaged. No, no, no. He draws near. He comes near to his people. We see him as God with us. Well, this prophecy in Isaiah 7 is actually fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1. What we see in Matthew is a very dramatic situation, something that is even greater than anything Maury Povich could ever come up with. What we see is Mary, who is about to get married to Joseph. But a problem comes up. Drama enters into the scene when Mary ends up pregnant and Joseph knows he's not the father. We have a very sticky situation. But Joseph, being a righteous man, a godly man, he decides, I will just divorce her. I'm going to end this engagement. I'm going to break up with her. We're going to do it privately so no one has to know about this. But what's interesting is before he does that, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the angel says this, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Verse 23, watch this. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. I'm not sure what you're facing this Christmas. Loneliness, despair, frustration. Maybe the, your marriage is not firing on all cylinders. There's discord in your heart. For some of you, this is a very lonely season, a time in which you feel disconnected or your rearview mirror of your life is a lot brighter than the windshield right now. I want you to know that you're not alone. 
And God has experienced everything that you are experiencing right now through his son Jesus. God is not far off, he is near. And through his son Jesus, he drew near to us, his people, at Christmas time, as God come in the flesh as a baby born in a manger. But what's most amazing is that this baby didn't stay a baby. He grew up and became a man. And he lived a perfect, sinless life that you and I couldn't live. And the Bible says that he went and died on the cross for our sins. All of the transgressions that you and I have committed were nailed upon Jesus. He took the nails. He died on the cross for the sins of the world. So anyone who turns away from their sin and trusts in Jesus by faith will be received by God. He displays, he proves his love for us, not only through a baby in a manger, but a savior on a cross. But that's not the end of the story. The Bible goes on to say that he did not stay dead. On the third day, Jesus got up out that grave and he is alive today. And he promises eternal life to anyone and everyone who trusts in him. And that's the good news of the gospel, is that God has come to be with us so that we can be with him forever. We see this ultimately realized at the end of time. In Revelation 21, as the end of the world comes to a close, Revelation 21 says this. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. That is what is coming for those who belong to Jesus. A day that is coming in which your faith becomes sight, you will be with the Lord, and you will be able to enjoy his presence forever. What God originally designed in Genesis 1 and 2 will ultimately be fulfilled at the end of the age when all of the redeemed gather together in the very presence of God. You see, Christmas is about God coming to us so that we can be with Him forever. Which means now, you and I, we are no longer spiritual orphans. We have been adopted by a king. And He has adopted us through His gospel. And He has now drawn us near into His forever family so that now because God has come to be with us we get to be with him forever